Welcome back to a brand new episode of Let's Just Talk About It podcast. I'm your host, Chuck. And if you're here for the first time, this platform was created to give genuine people just like you an opportunity to share a portion of your life's journey. So with that being said, today I'm excited to have special guest Tommy Hawthorne, the founder of the San Diego Detox Center in California, where he shares how he went from being addicted to drugs and homeless to now being the founder of treatment centers for mental health and drug addiction. So you don't want to miss this inspiring conversation. As a matter of fact, do me a favor. Go and grab your husband, your wife, your children, or even call a friend and listen into my conversation with Tommy on Let's Just Talk About It podcast. Hey, let's jump right in. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Let's Just Talk About It podcast. Today, I have Tommy Hathorn on with me today. Tommy, thank you for being a part of Let's Just Talk About It podcast. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you having me. Yes, sir, man. Tommy, I love to have those genuine conversations with genuine people just like yourself to share a portion of your life journey, where you come from, and what are you up to now? So with that being said, man, let's jump right in. So first of all, where are you from? Originally, I'm from New York, mm-hmm. left New York when I was 12, and I've been in San Diego almost 40 years. So you left San New- Diego, California, paradise. You said paradise. <laughs> paradise. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you grew pretty much up in New York until you was 12, and then you yep. left and moved to San Diego. So you've been there for 40 years. So how was it for you in New York from one or five years old to 12? How was that? Pretty rough. I uh, come from a, a pretty tumultuous, you know, upbringing. Mm-hmm. Parents divorced, extremely poor. Pop did the best he could with me, but you know, we'll just leave it at that. And then um, had a really troubled youth that uh, turned into being asked to leave. I was wow sent away, and gotcha. uh, you know, sent away at twelve. Mm. At twelve, you got sent away to San Diego, or you got sent away to like an alternative school, like something like that. Yeah, my well, my mother picked me up, so mm. that was a whole nother chunk of years of uh, of struggle. Wow! So ended up in San Diego and um, bouncing in and out of uh, treatment centers, things like that, until I was thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time I was incarcerated, that really enters into a whole nother chunk of my life got you so it's, it's like in and out of trouble there was no out it was just staying in <laughs> got you got you <laughs> got you it was just staying wow in trouble. man so yeah you, so uh you know i i got to san diego uh-huh. and really kind of uh struggled in the house you know between being incarcerated mm-hmm. and being put into you know psych hospital and wow you know this that and the other thing i ended up just on the streets you know and so uh, I think I hit the streets at about 15 and uh, didn't really make it back indoors for a while. So about 18 or so. Yeah. So when you talk about psych hospital, man, what was that all about? Like you put yourself there or somebody admitted no. you there? Yeah. My mother admitted me into a hospital. She assumed that there was something wrong with me based on my behavior. Got you. There had to be something wrong. Something wrong. And and really, you know, what was wrong with me was just being just really tore apart from the, from the divorce, man. Mm. You know, I think the divorce really, mm. really shakes kids to the mm. core. That's deep. That's what I believe. And I, I mean, you know, not everybody can pinpoint their trauma. Right. Really where things took a turn. I can absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, pinpoint 
exactly where my whole soul, my whole spirit took a turn. Took a turn. Wow. Yeah, took a turn. Didn't really recalibrate until I made it into recovery at 30 years old. Wow. People never know, man, how divorce messes with a kid's mind growing up. You know, that's deep. I mean, I see it all the time in in my line of work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, your own experience is all the evidence you really need. Mm Mm-hmm. You can see it in other people, hear about it in other people's stories, and you may or may not believe them, but when you, when it happens to yourself, that's all the evidence you need. Yeah. So you're in San Diego and you're growing up, you're on the streets, living homeless. Talk about that, man. You know, um, I mean, I was hustling on the streets. And, what do and you mean when you say you were hustling? Hustling like what? Selling dope, doing commercial burglaries, gotcha. things like that. Got you. Um, that was always my shtick. I wasn't really a fan of robbing people. That really just wasn't my deal. Right. Um, I was much more into commercial burglaries. And I really kind of stuck with that mm-hmm. into my adult years. But yeah, being on the streets, just selling dope, doing commercial burglaries. And um, I might hook up with a girl and sleep indoors here and there. Yeah. But all in all, I was I was sleeping awesome. on, a, on yeah. the sidewalk, you know, in little crevices of shelter, all that I could. Yeah. And somewhere around 17 or 18... Mm-hmm. I met my soulmate. Got you. Wow. She's my wife now. We've been together 32 years. And wow. I met her and really we tried to put it together. Yeah. Uh, the best we could. We continued to struggle together for, you know, several years until she got pregnant. Wow. She had our baby. She had our first child. And shortly after that, I ended up incarcerated again. And more struggle for the next I mean, like I said, when you when you said uh, in and out of trouble, you never I got pretty much just stayed in. in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never yeah. quite made it out, but yeah. um, including after we had our first child, you right. know, we continued to struggle and for several years. Wow, that's and, deep, man. Um, yeah, I got sober. I think when she was about nine, if I remember correctly. Got you, got you, man. I was uh, um, you know, doing my time on the streets, man. I used heroin, so I know. It's like you chasing something and it's like you have to hustle every day to get that fix or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So was that you doing that time? Yeah. 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 Every yeah. minute. I wouldn't say every day. I'd say every minute. Every, yes, sir. The heroin. You know what I mean? Yeah. With the heroin, I mean, you get sick so fast. You yes, know? sir. And so you get well and then you got to get right back to it. And don't let nobody say you know dummy. You really in trouble. No. So I get yeah, it. I get it. It's twenty four seven. So look, twenty four seven. I'd say that 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 really instilled the grind in yeah. me. Okay. Okay. I say a lot of the grind I have that's made me so successful mm-hmm. comes from my experience on the street. On the street, like managing people. Yeah. Like, look, when I did do well mm-hmm. out there, right, and I was running. 100, 150 pounds a week, I had to manage people. I had to manage situations. I had to manage crisis. I had to manage pressure. Wow. Everybody in the room's got a gun. There's a lot of money on the table. There, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So your eyes are moving so, around, yeah. You know what I mean? So when I'm hustling, whether I'm hustling and I'm at the bottom of the barrel and I got to figure it out, mm-hmm. or I'm on top of it and I'm moving weight and I'm, I'm at the top of it, there's pressures, there's hustle, there's grind. I bring that into recovery. Got you. And it's on. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. I credit my previous lifestyle mm-hmm. for the hustle and the grind that I have, have in now. my current lifestyle. That's deep. Never heard that said before like that. 
Yeah. I got you. Well, wow. look, I was active out there and I'm active here. You're I'm active, active in recovery. So now you away from that. So let's talk about what you're up to now. You are entrepreneur of what? I own three substance abuse, well, two technically. I own two substance abuse treatment centers, mm. one mental health center. Wow. And I manage another substance abuse center. So let me all ask you this. All in all, I'm responsible for four different treatment centers. So let me say this. You come from New York at 12. You leave to go to San Diego. You end up in the psych ward. You're homeless. <laughs> You're hustling. So now you own different. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's crazy. Amazing. Now, look, I, I didn't end up <clears throat> owning and operating and managing four treatment centers right out of the gate. Got you. I mean, Talk I was, about it. When I got sober, I had to hustle. Even mm -hmm. look at when I got sober, I lied to get into my very first sober living. Wow. I came out of jail. Mm -hmm. I didn't have anything. I yeah. literally had a backpack of clothing and a stolen Jeep Cherokee. That's stolen. all I had. I had nothing <laughs> else. Nothing. And so through a couple of connections, because I didn't know what I was going to do. I yeah. didn't know much about this whole recovery thing. But I knew that if I got loaded again, I was going to go to prison. Mm hmm. So I asked a friend, he led me to another guy, connected me to a sober living. Mm. That guy didn't really want to let me in because I was pretty shot out even after a month in jail. Mm -hmm. And I lied to that dude and told him I had the money to move in. Mm. And he let me in and I started hustling right off the bat just to come up with the rent that I told this guy I had. Yeah, yeah. And I would do that. I would be in, in the parking lot of meetings mm -hmm. every single day. And I would be shaking people's hands and I'd be running up on everybody in the meeting. And I'd tell them stuff like, hey, hey, what's up, man? I'm telling you, hey, you got a job? Hey, you guys mm, hiring? Got you. Hey, what's up, man? What do you do? Wow. You guys hiring? Did it like and that. that? I had to hustle like that just to, you know, come up with anything. And the very first job I got in recovery, mm -hmm. it was remodeling a house and I didn't have no tools. I borrowed all of the tools to do that remodel and I would walk those tools because I didn't have a car. I skipped the part where the cops took the uh, Jeep Cherokee my first day <laughs> in sober living. Yeah. But um, I had to carry these tools in buckets down the street did to you, my very first job. Did you know how to and remodel? Made, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I pulled it off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I pulled it off. I made enough money on that job to pay my rent at sober mm. living and Buy a little $450 car, mm. you know? You know what kind of car you get for $450? What'd you get? A burner. <laughs> you get a pile, a hoopty. <laughs> you, get a, you get a car that ain't worth any more than 450 bucks, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so that, that's how I started. And, you know, I spent my first uh, eight years mm. um, working as a carpenter in, you know, early recovery. And my first eight years in recovery, I was a carpenter. Got you. Um, just trying to you know, do the best I could, you know? Wow. And then I was invited to come and help run a treatment center. Mm -hmm. And while I was there, I started plotting and scheming on um, opening my first, my own. And that's what I did. Went and started my own. Open your own treatment center. Yeah, that's how it started. From the ground up. Ground up. Wow. Not a nickel to my name. That's amazing, man. Yep. So talk about the treatment center. What is that all about? So I have one detox residential. Mm -hmm. That's an inpatient treatment center mm -hmm. it's called san diego detox mm -hmm. uh full medical team on staff 24 7 wow therapists 
counselors, doctors, the whole deal, a whole team of support staff, et cetera, et cetera. Um, San Diego Detox, definitely one of San Diego's premier detox centers. Mm. And then I have Boardwalk Recovery mm-hmm. that's down at the beach, also in San Diego. That's an aftercare program where we do uh, PHP and IOP. Um, we also have sober living homes to support all those guys. And uh, that's an 80-bed aftercare program. Mm. Uh, right now, I'm opening a mental health center. It's okay. called Pacific Beach Health. Got you. And that's really for people with primary mental health issues. They may or may not have substance abuse issues, but mm. they have serious anxiety, gotcha. serious depression, wow. schizophrenia, you know, things like that. Yeah. And that'll have supportive housing for those folks as well. Mm-hmm. That'll also have doctors, therapists, counselors. And then I'm responsible for managing a female aftercare program called Soledad House. Gotcha. Um, really, my job there is to help with the marketing, support the executive director there. Uh, but yeah, I'm responsible for that place as well. So that's the four places that I'm responsible for. And Soledad House is San Diego's premier female aftercare program. I think they're about 60, 60 to 80 beds as well. Mm. And, um, you know, they're no joke over there. That is San Diego's finest right there. Got you. Yep. So when people say I need help, I'm going through anxiety, I'm, I'm fresh out of prison, you know, I have nowhere to go. Is it hard to get in there? Is it, is it a waiting line or something like that? You know, we take every single call, you know, seriously. Yeah. And um, I always have people in my programs that were scholarshiping. Mm-hmm. Um, when somebody calls and, and our scholarships are being taken, we we will connect every single caller to resources no matter what. Nobody calls us without having resources by the end of the phone call. So whether you come into my program Got you. Uh, or you're not a good fit for one reason or another, by the end of the phone call, you will have resources. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what state you're in. doesn't matter what your financial situation is, private health insurance, state insurance. We're, we're a resource no matter what. I got you. I like what you said, no matter what state you're in. So, so yep. I'm in Virginia, right? So if somebody's listening right now, they can get in contact with your facility. Absolutely. You call us at San Diego Detox, for example. Mm -hmm. You tell us that you're in Virginia and Mm -hmm. you have no resources. We will still help you figure out how to find the resources in your area. Mm. Before you get off the phone. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have a number they can call? Uh, San Diego Detox is area code 619 four three three four nine seven one but go to the website just go to this just go to san diego detox.com and call any of the phone numbers that are on the website that that'll connect you to us every single one of my people that answers the phones are extremely professional extremely helpful and they will not let you off the phone without some resources whether those resources are coming out to california which a lot of people do Mm -hmm. We were picking people up from the airport all the time, you know, mm, several good, times man. a week. So people come out to California for treatment all the time. So whether that's you or you can't leave for one reason or another, we'll help you out with resources. Got you. Got you. Yep. Two, San, two, Diego, yeah. San Diego Detox.com. That's the, the easiest way to get a hold of us. Amazing, man. Amazing. Yeah. Two questions. What would you say to somebody right now if you had a chance and you saw yourself in them, Tommy? Like you, you know, in the streets of San Diego, what would you say to them when they came to you 
on the street one day? What, would, what encouragement would you give them? It happens to me all the time. Talk about it. Happens to me all the time. One of my top level employees mm-hmm. I found on the street sitting in front of a Starbucks wow. with a grocery bag of his clothing. They'd be the best. <laughs> and that man, that man has made his way <laughs> They'd be the in, best. through recovery. Yeah. Volunteered came on as an employee and then made his way up the food chain. Wow. He is the number two in charge wow. of one of my companies. Wow. Never judge a book so, by its cover. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, so here's the deal, man. Yeah. Um, when somebody's ready, mm-hmm. you know, my most important question is, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Because not, are you ready to get off the streets? Not, are you ready to, you know, have some food in your belly? Not, are you ready to have a cell phone? Are, you know, this, that, and the material over things. The Are you ready yeah. to change your life? Are you ready for something new? Are you mm. ready to give this up wow. and try something foreign, try something new? Yeah. doesn't matter what it is. You know, look, when I got sober, mm-hmm. if my sponsor told me, in order for you to stay sober, we're going to go door to door and give out Alcoholics Anonymous pamphlets, I would be going door to door right now, handing mm. out Alcoholics Anonymous pamphlets, mm. and I wouldn't have time to talk to you on the phone right now. Wow. I was willing to do whatever it took. Whatever it took. And so the question is, are you ready to do whatever it's yeah. going to take? That's the bottom line. And yeah. the guy that I, I just mentioned, I told him, you know, what would you do with an opportunity? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm in a situation where I was able to send a van to come and pick him up. Not everybody's in that situation, of course. Got you. But there is resources for any individual in any situation. Mm-hmm. It's really all about digging into those resources Mm -hmm. and embracing the opportunity. Right. The problem is that most people, they don't embrace the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Most people never embrace the opportunity. Mm -hmm. They piss it away for one reason or another. And once they start getting stuff back, once they start getting some of the blessings of recovery, if they get them, Mm -hmm. they fade out. Mm. They fade out. I have hung on to my blessings. I have hung on to my opportunity. I like it. Every opportunity Mm -hmm. with a death grip. Because you don't want to go back to where you were. With a death grip. I never want to go back. Never want to go back. So at 19 years sober, I sit here today with all the amazing blessings life has to offer. And I am still just as willing to participate in my recovery today Mm -hmm. as I was when I had 30 days sober. Gotcha, and I man. didn't know how I was going to feed myself. Man, shout out to you, man. Last question, Tommy. If you had go a chance it. to go back and talk to the 12-year-old Tommy, what would you say to him right now? You're going to be all right, man. Hang in mm. there. You're say that one right. I like that. Say that one more time. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to be all right, young man. Yes, sir. You're going to be all right. It doesn't mean that you're going to enjoy this path, this journey, mm-hmm. but you're going to be all right. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much, man, for being a part of Let's Just Talk About It podcast, man. I really enjoyed this conversation. I wish it could be longer, but I know you have a schedule you got to keep, man. But I I really appreciate you. I appreciate you having me. Yes, sir, man. Thank you so much and talk to you soon, Tommy. It was a pleasure. Yes, sir. Take it easy. Bye-bye. 
Wow, what an amazing conversation. Shout out to my friend Tommy for having this dialogue with me. You know, one of the things that really stuck out to me was when he said what he went through prepared him for where he is today. And that is to reach back and grab somebody who's going through the same battle he went through. So after listening to this conversation, we can realize now that what we go through today may not be meant for us, but it may be meant for someone who's coming behind us to help them make it through their battle like we did. So shout out to you, Tommy. As always, thank you so much for tuning in to let's just talk about it podcast and please check out my website just google let's just talk about it podcast.com and then hit that subscribe button to receive all the new episodes every friday you can also find me on facebook just type in chuck l-j-t-a-i which means let's just talk about it so as always until next time don't hold it in but let's just talk about it talk to you soon